So Pastor Michael, we have been going through some questions on Roman Catholicism, and we get a lot of these from our congregation. They get submitted online, and this one's a really good one. I'm excited to hear your thoughts on this. Do Roman Catholics preach a false gospel? That's a trick question. Sorry. Uh, <clears throat> that's all right. It, it really depends on who you're talking to. So, uh, for example, are we talking about does Rome itself, the leader of the Roman Catholic mm -hmm. Church, the Pope and the official doctrine and teaching of the church, do they preach a false gospel versus does a certain priest preach a false gospel versus an individual Catholic? So mm. what most people don't know about the Roman Catholic Church is that um, geographically, even by continent, uh, different continents have different emphases. So hmm. for example, Europe and Latin America have a really strong emphasis on Mariology, mm, adoration of Mary, et cetera. Yeah. And so what we find is that when I talk to like my friends who are priests, who are Roman Catholics, um, I find that there are some people, some priests who actually don't align with the official Roman Catholic gospel. And they believe in a more historic, pure gospel. And, and, what they do is they're actually teaching their parish, um, not a Roman Catholic gospel, but maybe hmm. a more pure gospel. And then I'll, I'll meet some Catholics who they actually don't believe in the Roman Catholic gospel, but they um, they want to be a part of the historic church, if you will. Sure, and so they're, yeah. they're still there, mm -hmm. but they don't believe what Rome actually teaches. So, so, can we, so can we lay the groundwork here yeah. a little bit? So first, let's <laughs> clarify what is the gospel, pure gospel. Yeah. Um, the gospel, the word gospel means good news. Mm -hmm. And the gospel is the good news of how somebody can be reconciled to God. We use different words like forgiven, saved, mm -hmm. justified, reconciled, etc. Um, and here's the good news of the gospel. Uh, anybody who believes can be saved. Mm -hmm. What do they have to believe? Do you believe that Jesus is God, that he died for your sins? Do you believe that he was raised from the dead? Uh, do you believe that he's coming back to judge the living and the dead? Do you believe he made you and loves you, right? Mm -hmm. These are like kind of these essentials. And um, the gospels are very clear. Paul is very clear. Jesus is very clear. Anybody who believes in Jesus Christ, they will be forgiven and saved. Mm -hmm. And it's not an intellectual assent to the truth because even the demons believe sure. and yeah. shudder as James says. But this is really about a belief, a trust from the heart. Anybody who casts themselves on Christ and believes in him, asks him for forgiveness, they shall be saved. Mm. So at the at its purest, um, Ephesians chapter two, verse eight through 10, is, is kind of the verse that for most Roman Catholics begins to undo them. Mm. And it's the most simple, pure statement on the gospel. Uh, Paul says this in Ephesians 2.8. He says, for by grace, you have been saved. And grace is simply a free gift. Mm. By grace, you've been saved. And he says, it's through faith. So how do I get this gift? I get it through faith. He goes on, he says, this is not your own doing. It's the gift of God, not as a result of works so that no one may boast. And so at its core, Paul is saying salvation forgiveness, justification, mm -hmm. all these words, all of them happen in one way. It's free and it happens when you believe or trust or have faith in God. Mm -hmm. And then he goes out of his way because he knows the human propensity to try to sure. earn our yes. salvation. And he says, it's not by works, so that no human being can boast. Mm -hmm. No human beings can say, well, I did this and that. You did this part and I did my part. No, mm -hmm. it is all of grace only by faith in Jesus Christ. And then he anticipates the most obvious question that everyone's going to ask, 
well, then what's the whole point of good works? Mm -hmm. And he says in verse 10, we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. In other words, the good works don't save you to the things you do after you're saved, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And so like, I don't do good things for my wife to earn her love. I do good things for her because I love her. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? It's, yeah. we, it's the difference between cause and effect. Sure. Good works are the effect of salvation. They're not the cause of salvation. And uh, at, at its core, the pure gospel, belief, not by works. Mm -hmm. So then the Roman Catholic gospel takes that and does something to it. It does. So let's, let's break it down. Three different kinds of gospels that most Americans are familiar with. Mm -hmm. The first gospel is what most people know. We call this the good works gospel. Mm -hmm. And it's essentially this good people go to heaven. Mm. This is the default view of the vast majority of Americans. And in fact, people around the world right now uh, is that if you're good enough or your good works outweigh your bad works, you're going to be fine. When you get to heaven, God has some like scales and mm. you didn't do the really bad stuff yeah. and you're better than most people in your life anyways. So you're fine. One of Satan's most impactful oh, lies. It's, it's so insidious. Mm. And then the the next kind of gospel is what we call the Roman Catholic gospel. It's a sacramental gospel. So it starts with good works, but then you add to it the second ingredient, which is sacraments. Mm -hmm. You add a third ingredient, which is faith. And if you get all three ingredients, then you have forgiveness or salvation or whatever else. And so I'll, I'll show you how the sacramental gospel works. If you're a Roman Catholic, uh, it's really important that your babies are baptized because baptism, what it does is, according to Roman Catholicism, is that it removes or washes away original sin. Mm. Original sin is the sin that we're born with that separates us from God. This is why it's a super important thing when one of the children are being baptized. Oh yeah, baptized. it's a huge party. It's a big deal. Everybody Enormous. comes. Massive celebration. Yes. And there is great sadness if a child dies before they mm -hmm. have the opportunity to be baptized because its destiny is uncertain at yeah. that point. And so um, for Roman Catholic, you, when you're baptized, you and God are actually now in relationship. Your original sin that separated you is now, it's now been taken away. Mm -hmm. And now you need to participate in other sacraments. The second most important one is going to be the Eucharist, where you um, partake in the eating of the physical body and blood of Christ and are therefore nourished spiritually. It's very important in terms of, um, we'll say, getting salvation, right? Mm -hmm. And what you find here is the sacramental gospel, good works plus sacraments plus faith equals saved, um, is also a perversion of the biblical true gospel. Mm. And again, remember we said, what is the gospel? It is by grace, through faith, not by works. Mm -hmm. But when you add works and sacraments right. to faith, it's, it's getting even more complicated. And so um, what you do is when you keep adding ingredients, you actually have to create other doctrines that come up. So for mm -hmm. example, well, what happens if I don't have enough good works or I haven't done enough sacraments in order to be saved? Well, they create a whole new doctrine called purgatory where you now have to work off um, your sins or accrue more merit. Uh, we'll deal with that in a future yep. <laughs> episode mm -hmm. um, in order that you can get 
into heaven. Mm -hmm. And so you start creating more and more doctrines that aren't in the Bible, but you have to come up with solutions to these answers. It's like a bad division equation that gets really kind of You need to keep going over everything else to make sure it all adds up. And if you don't add up to 100, you don't get into heaven, apparently. Yep. Well, if I if the math's short, well, I got to come up with an equation to get me more math. Exactly. And or somebody equation. else does. Yes. So even people who are here on earth can pray for you while yep. you are in purgatory. Yep. And again, we'll get more into that later. Um, but the Council of Trent met yep. in the 1500s and came up with a bunch of different canons that then explained some of these additional doctrines and even went so far as to cast curses on people who believed otherwise. Can Mm -hmm. you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, so a council is a gathering of bishops from around the world. The Council of Trent was the 19th council. Councils are really good. They're Mm -hmm. called typically to clarify doctrine or to address a a significant problem um, in the church globally. And so they these bishops, these um, priests would come together, they would make some decisions, they'd go back home, they would take the decisions of the Roman Catholic Church, and then they would teach them globally and create consistency um, around the world in Catholic doctrine. Really smart, really effective. Um, councils are generally a good thing. Mm-hmm. So what happened is, is in the 16th century, you had this rascal named Martin Luther yeah. who um, started, I know, who started the Protestant Reformation. Well, his yeah. goal wasn't to start... A, uh, the Protestant church. Mm-hmm. His goal was to reform the Catholic church from the inside out. So he started to publicly call out um, aspects of their false gospel where they added sacraments and work and purgatory in order to be saved. And the manipulation that was happening mm-hmm. to Roman Catholics around the globe yeah. uh, because of this false gospel. Well, Trent was called as a reaction. And one of the main teachings of Martin Luther is uh, he happened to agree with Jesus and Paul. Um, probably a good choice. Probably a good choice. Yeah. That justification, which is a, a good theological word and biblical word for you are legally made right with God, you are reconciled. Justification, what Paul said, is that it, it happens by, not by works, not by works of the law, but through faith in Christ and faith alone. Mm. It was a big, huge statement because that landed like a bomb in the 16th century when they were saying, oh, no, 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 no. Mm-hmm. Justification is by good works, mm-hmm. plus sacraments, mm-hmm. plus faith. Um, that's how you get justified. So they called Trent to respond. And the canons are their official, infallible, canonical, if you will, statements of conclusion after they had gathered the bishops. And uh, it's really actually hard to read the the Trent canons on justification. Mm. So I'll read you a couple. This is Canon 12. If anyone shall say, that justifying faith is nothing else than confidence in the divine mercy, pardoning sins for Christ's sake, or that, or that it is that confidence alone by which we are justified. Let him be accursed. Mm. Let me, let me like translate. Uh, if anybody teaches or says that salvation, forgiveness, justification, are simply by belief or confidence in Christ's work on the cross for you and your behalf. You are to be damned to hell. Mm-hmm. That's what anathema or accursed means. Yeah. And so Romans 3.28, on the other hand, doesn't agree with Trent. Mm. <laughs> Romans 3.28 says, yes. this is Paul, for we hold that one is justified by faith mm. apart from works of the law. Here's another canon. You can also probably rattle off about five or six other Bible verses that confirm 
the, the simple gospel. The teaching of scripture is consistent. Justification is by grace through faith, mm -hmm. not by works. Mm -hmm. And that's a hard one um, for Roman Catholics to swallow. But whenever the word justification is used with regard to our salvation, it always communicates the same mm -hmm. thing. Yeah. Canon 30. If anyone says that after the grace of justification has been received to every penitent or sorry sinner, the guilt is remitted or taken away and the debt of eternal punishment is blotted out in such wise that there remains not any debt of temporal punishment to be discharged either in this world or the next in purgatory before the entrance to the kingdom of heaven can be opened to him. Let him be anathema or accursed. Hmm. Let me translate. If anybody says that the moment you trust in Christ for salvation, that all the punishment of your sins has been removed because it was put on Christ and you are no longer legally guilty before God, but forgiven and that you don't have to be punished for the sins that Christ didn't cover. And you, you teach this and believe this, you're a curse to hell. You, you can understand by the way, why um, Martin Luther was trying to reform the church from the inside out and to bring back the pure gospel mm. from Jesus and the apostles. You can also understand why the Protestant Reformation happened in the wake of Trent. Sure. Because now they came back and said, anybody who believes in Jesus, anybody who preaches the gospel, anybody who believes that justification is by grace yeah. through faith, you're all going to hell. They're and they doubling said, down. They're doubling down. Yeah. And so now here's, here's their response. The response is, we have nowhere else to go. And so the Reformation started and it spread like wildfire. It was... Mm -hmm. uh, it was revolutionary because the pure yeah. gospel was being received. And these people had been told their whole life, you have to be good enough. Well, how good? Mm. How long am I going to be in purgatory? They were released from all of that. Yeah. They heard the gospel. They believed and it spread all over the world. And one of my favorite village church isms is that good people don't go to heaven. Mm. Saved people mm -hmm. go to heaven. And that's something that I think a lot of our Roman Catholic friends just yeah. struggle with because yeah. their whole lives they've been told you have to earn it, you have to earn yeah. it, you have to earn it. Am I going to be good enough? What peace yeah. you can arrive at knowing that it's not of yourselves. Yeah. It is the gift of God, not by works, yeah. lest any man should boast. And bringing that back to Ephesians 2, 8 through 10, um, knowing that the good works come as a result yep. of that faith. Um, so I'm going to close it with one last question, mm -hmm. which is can a Roman Catholic truly be saved then yep absolutely anybody who believes in jesus christ can be saved abandon your you're trying to earn yourself or earn your way to heaven abandon it it will not help you and um, abandon that uh, sacraments are going to reconcile you to god there is no work you can do to mm -hmm. reconcile you to god except to believe um Protestants, we still get baptized. We still partake of communion, mm -hmm. but we do it as a response to salvation and not as a cause. Mm -hmm. And so I would look at anybody. I would look at a Satanist and say, you can be saved. A Roman Catholic, a Jehovah's Witness, a Mormon, anybody who perverts the gospel subtly or majorly, mm -hmm. anybody can be saved. Abandon anything except for a pure gospel. You can be saved. Mm -hmm. Thanks so much for going into that. My joy.